Well, let us be your sunshine because it's not <laughs> there um, and it may not be really around for a couple of days. But 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 let me just say that by yes. the weekend, okay. we jump into sunshine. So it's just kind of muscling through this. That's great. Go weekend ahead. of what month? <laughs> fair assessment. What hour? What fair. minute? Yeah. Fair. We want to know. Okay. Um, we also have a lot of news to get to, of course, um, including that big debate over a piece of legislation right here in New York that would require the NYPD to report any time they stop a person on the street. A rally set to begin within the yeah. hour outside of City Hall in support of that bill about a half hour from now. Now, the City Council is expected today to override Mayor Adams' veto of the How Many Stops Act. We'll have a live report coming up. And then a little bit later in the hour, we're going to have a conversation with Mayor Adams, get his perspective and hear what he plans to do if, in fact, his veto is overruled. That's coming up at the bottom of the hour. Really looking forward to hearing from him directly. Um, we also are watching very closely, closely the murder trial of Jam Master Jay. No one is more familiar with this case than our very own Darla Miles. Her amazing documentary set the record straight on this. So she is going to be joining us at the table to bring us up to speed. I, I'm so glad in our conversation before the show, you yeah. were bringing me up to speed and this is an incredible conversation. There's also one last celebration marking the end of the pandemic, believe it or not. Drinks, ladies and gentlemen, and snacks are now aboard. Drinks and snacks are now aboard the <laughs> Staten Island Ferry. All, um, so we'll take you there and we'll talk about what's available and, you know, how long it took to get this back and going. But there you go. More snacks there on the go. ferry. Pro snacks. I am. I like I'm that. definitely pro snacks. There I like that. Uh, what's going on there? Yeah. Well, we've yeah. got a cloudy one. The ride over is cloudy, but at least it's not brutally cold. We've got kind of a mild start around the area this morning. Our temperatures are exactly where they should be, seasonal temperatures, but we get milder air by the end of the weekend, the weekend. Sunshine returns by the time we get to the weekend as well. We start right now at 36 degrees. And just to put it in perspective, our normal low temperature would be 27 and our normal high would be 40. So we're going to stay a little bit below the 40 degree mark as we go into the afternoon today because the clouds 37 near the Whitestone 36 near East Village 33 in Sussex Liberty has been holding with some 20s this morning and still there now you can see the flurries a little bit of moisture that's out in the Atlantic and then look at the clouds that are squeezing in from the west as well which lets you know that we are not even if we get a little bright spot between the clouds in western areas we're not going to keep it we're going to go right back to cloudy even if you get a break or two and there won't be a lot of those and then we'll get kind of a misty feel with some scattered sprinkles on the overnight tonight into tomorrow morning where we'll keep the clouds around. So 36 degrees, cloudy skies. We had a little bit of a wind chill this morning, but not so much right now because the winds are more light and from the north. Okay. Um, something pretty scary happened about an hour and a half ago. We have breaking news to share with you. A 12-year-old boy is lucky to be alive after police say he fell in front of a subway train. Wow. Um, somehow managing to avoid serious injury. It happened on an L train in Brooklyn around 8.30 at the Metropolitan Avenue Lorimer Street stop. Uh, we are told he is being treated for minor injuries. Mm. Wow. Police are investigating how exactly this boy fell. Chills. Some other top stories we are following here at 10 o'clock. There are some worries about the water at two NYCHA high rises in Brooklyn because of concerns over Legionnaires. Both towers are part of the Langston Hughes homes in Brownsville. The city Department of Health says two people have been infected within the past 12 months. So the warning anybody who's at high risk not to take showers or do anything that creates water vapor. That is how the bacteria spreads. Oh, and another update on a story that we've been following. So in our 
are cold snap periodically. What do you think it's like to deal without heat and really no water? Con Edison says steam service is getting restored to five buildings in Murray Hill. Residents there say they've been without heat or water since Saturday. So give that about three and a half days before you can turn the faucet on. Um, we're told a water water from a leaking pipe entering an underground steam vault was part of the problem. But a lot of the, again, neighbors and air, people in that area say it's the start and stop of it all. It's the never they never really knew when it was going to get going. But today it seems that it's going. Well, that's positive news. Yep. Good. Also, let's talk more about this big debate over the so-called How Many Stops Act. The city council expected to override Mayor Adams' veto of this bill, which would require officers to report every encounter they have with a <laughs> civilian. Phil Tate standing by at City Hall, where a rally is expected to begin here within the hour. And, and Phil, what do we know about this as we're in the final hours before this vote happens? Yeah, we are in the final hours as we know that the city council is getting ready to vote, aiming to override the mayor's veto. Well, this is supporters are expected to take to the steps of City Hall just right behind me, and we expect to hear from them within the hour. Now, many of these supporters say that this bill is all about transparency as it will mandate police officers to report their interactions with the public. Now, it would re require officers to file a report on every single person that they might stop, including millions of so-called level one encounters. Well, take a look at your screen right now as the police union released this video demonstrating that smartphone app where nearly three minutes per report officials would be spent away from the public safety task at hand and this as the mayor believes it would only create more paperwork for officers now important to know all eyes are really on city hall as the council needs 34 votes in order to override the mayor's veto so again a lot of attention will be there and we are standing by for this press conference as many supporters of this bill will take to the steps of city Hall. That's the latest here at City Hall. I'm Phil Tate, Channel 7 Eyewitness News. Phil, thank you. We'll hear from the mayor in about 25 minutes. Also, we are following this and other headlines this morning. Cops are looking for three people in connection with a subway stabbing in Manhattan. Take a close look at this image here. Investigators say the group was arguing with a man on a southbound two train and then stabbed him with an unknown object. Mm. The group ran at the 116th Street station in Harlem. The victim taken to the hospital and was said to be in stable condition. Police are searching right now for a gunman after a deadly shooting in Crown Heights. Officers say the 21-year-old victim was shot right in the chest at an apartment building on President Street just after 1230 this morning. He was pronounced dead at Kings County Hospital. So far, no arrests and no word yet on a motive. Happening today, an attempt to impeach President Biden's Homeland Security Secretary, and it's taking another step forward in the House of Representatives. So happening today, House Republicans are holding what they call a markup of their impeachment articles against Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. The allegations in the resolution say the cabinet secretary committed high crimes and misdemeanors for his handling of the southern border. If successful, Mayorkas would be the first cabinet secretary to be impeached in nearly 150 years. But a number of constitutional experts have said that the evidence really does not reach that high bar. Um, at hmm. the same time, the Senate says it is close to passing a deal that would secure funding for Ukraine, Israel and Taiwan, as well as legislative solutions to slow the surge of migrants at the southern border. Though some Republicans have said they will follow former President Trump's request to vote against any border security bill before the election.
Hmm. All right. Well, the NTSB has revealed some uh, new documents or released them on a story that you'll remember. This is about that near collision on the runway at JFK not long ago in January of last year. An American Airlines plane, remember this, crossed an active runway, forcing a Delta flight to abort takeoff just in time, avoiding a collision. Now, according to the new documents, the pilots of that American Airlines flight say they were distracted by weather bulletins and paperwork when they taxied into the path of the departing Delta flight. Now, the crew of the Delta flight said they didn't even initially see the American Airlines plane in their way because of extreme darkness. So right there, to me, we've got a lot of conversations that need to happen about what's going on in the cockpit. Why can't people see when we're regularly flying in and out in dark skies, mornings and nights? So we still don't have all the answers. We just have more information. Yeah, and a lot of questions that remain, to your point. Right. There's another pilot program that really got our attention this morning. We were talking about this. It's now underway underground, and it's turning some heads. So let's describe oh, yeah. what the goal here. The goal from the city is, is to crack down on fare beaters by making it more difficult to get onto a, a subway platform by just walking through that open emergency doors. So they plan to accomplish this by putting a 15 second delay on those emergency doors. Once the, uh, the, the bar is pushed, so when you're trying to exit the station, there is a delay. And in this instance, there'll be about a 15 second delay. So that's the goal is to frustrate folks who you know, might want to be using that as a matter of convenience where you have a perfectly good turnstile next. And then if that door opens, as we know, it becomes the fare evasion superhighway. So again, we're doing it in a safe environment, uh, which is why we got the code waiver. Uh, but our hope and our expectation is this will uh, deter fare evasion. So let's say you got a stroller. Let's say you got a wheelchair. There are a lot of questions here. Oh, yeah. um, here's where the pilot will be implemented, this pilot plan. 59th Street, Lexington Avenue Station in Manhattan, the Flushing Avenue Station in Brooklyn, and the 138th Street Station in the Bronx. And so, as you just alluded to, Sam. Yep. People are definitely going to be asking if there is a 15 second delay to get onto the platform. Mm -hmm. Does that mean that there is that same delay to get out of uh, an emergency situation? The answer is yes. And, and when asked about it, officials just said that they are comfortable that they have a safe system. So what say you about this? You know, if there's that delay to get onto that platform, you know, is that something that's going to be concerning for, say, somebody with a, with a, a stroller? Wheelchair you mentioned a stroller, stroller, you mentioned wheelchair. Um, I, my concern here is safety, safety, safety. Look, I know we've got a problem, and, and, and if you ask me, I would say put people at turnstiles and, and help. But, but blocking exit, even for 15 seconds, in our day and age, when anything can happen on that subway platform, and you want easy exit mm -hmm. from that platform, I don't know that it answers it safely. That's my opinion. I mean, how much has... has the city, the MCA lost so far for yeah. fair evasion. I get it. Like oh, it's a real problem. million or more. Yeah, well, that's why this is a pilot program. They're yep. going to assess the ramifications and impacts, and we'll be following it closely. Still ahead here on Mornings at 10, we're going to have a conversation with Mayor Adams about that controversial how many stops bill, how he is working to get support to prevent his veto from being overruled. So it's kind of complicated here. He does not want this bill to move forward. The city council does. We appear to be reaching a, a crescendo today with a vote in the council. Story that we've been mentioning all morning long. There's a rally underway now for the How Many Stops Act. Advocates calling for transparency as this would force the NYPD to document 
based on their encounters with civilians. So advocates are saying that this would be simply be a drop down menu, but the NYPD put out a video saying this could add maybe three minutes to every single encounter they have with the public. So there's this rally underway to support the bill. The mayor vetoed it, but now the council expected to vote this afternoon to override that veto. We'll hear from Mayor Adams in just a moment because we interviewed him about this, but here is a new interview from that rally taking place right now at City Hall. We are here today to shut down that campaign of lies and override the mayor's shameful veto. <laughs> Communities that have been the most impacted by the NYPD's unconstitutional stop and first practices and racial profiling have been calling for this level of transparency that How Many Stops Act will provide for years. We demand an override. We demand an override. Mayor Adams. Mayor All right, joining us now to talk about all of this is Mayor Adams. Mayor Adams, welcome back to Mornings here at 10. Thank you. Good to be back. So I know you've been working to rally support as we enter this vote in the city council later on today. How confident are you that you have been able to get enough support to prevent the override of your veto? Well, I'm, I'm confident that I, I did my job. My job was to look at any bill that comes in front of me. And if I believe is harmful to the city uh, in general, but specifically uh, public safety, that I'm going to veto it. Uh, I educated the public. I took the councils on the council persons on the ride along with police officers to see the operationalizing of this. And now the council must deliberate and make a determination uh, what's best for the city of New York. If the council does not agree with you and this bill moves forward and is implemented this summer, what happens next? Well, there's several options that we can put in place if that if that were to happen. Uh, one, uh, we don't have to implement this law until July. I would hope that during the time of now, after the determination to override the veto, uh, we will have an opportunity to sit down talk and look at the aspect of the bill that is troublesome to us. I support the concept of uh, these documentation because transparency is important. But when it comes down to these level one stops, these are stops that are similar to if someone, um, parents were suffering from dementia. Uh, every uh, individual that that officer asked that they see these parents because they're wandering in the streets, that has to be documented. That is the type of documentation that we're talking about and we're saying that is too burdensome to the police department. Every second should be used for public protection, not filling out paperwork and documentations. As we kind of get into the weeds on how all of this may go, as New Yorkers so busy so often, so my question is, in a scenario where, say, an officer is asking somebody questions, did you see this? What did this person look like? What did you witness? And say the New Yorker is busy and wants to just get on with their day. What happens with that report part of this? Does the officer guess sort of the components, the demographical information that this bill is aiming to obtain? What happens with the officer's process in that point? And that's a great question because we we've done so much to build relationships between uh, police and communities uh, that we don't want to erode that. If an officer stops someone or interacts with someone to say that you see this missing person or this person is suffering from dementia, uh, that person has the right to walk and leave. But that officer still has to guess the person's uh, gender, his ethnicity, has to write down the reason. Uh, that uh, he interacted with that person. So he still has 
to document that. We saw that uh, in uh, the situation where a person was wanted for stabbing six people. We communicated with over a thousand people. Each one of those uh, uh, interactions we had to document. That is just not the right concept uh, behind this bill that I think the city council was uh, seeking uh, to accomplish. You know, I'm thinking about some of the security challenges and the safety challenges that the city is now facing. And when you talk about officers, particularly in the subway, where we see some felony assault numbers and those on the rise, and you have a flood of officers in the system. We just had uh, Mr. Kemper on last week discussing the issue in the subway. So my question is, are, are you concerned at all that these officers would either, one, be reluctant to approach say somebody sleeping on the platform or sleeping in the subway system, or at the very least be distracted with this paperwork process that they wouldn't have the opportunity to fully go into these subway systems and the stations to be able to vet then, exactly what's happening. Yes, there's a lot of dynamics that go into public safety. And that's why I had the city councils and asked them to come out and do ride-alongs with us. And some took us up on the offer because operationalizing any form of legislation, it comes with different and many levels. And so we don't want to erode the reluctancy of officers interacting uh, with the public. We don't want to do anything that's going to slow down response time. Policing and public safety is judged in seconds. The seconds that you take away from that officer responding to a job or focus on that job that could be the difference between life and death mm -hmm. or harm or danger to others. When you mentioned that you agree with components of the at least the passion or the purpose behind this bill, have we reached the point where the actual merits of the legislation are being lost because the political process is playing out and people are kind of entrenched in corners? Yes, I do. I, I believe we have. And that's why I think it's imperative uh, that we sit down and look at how this is operationalized. I know the heart of the council persons were in the right place. I know what they wanted to do. I spent my life uh, getting the balance between public safety and justice. But this bill uh, would not do and accomplish that if it remains the way it is. And that is why I vetoed the bill. And I'm hoping that they won't override my veto. And if they do, let's get the bill right. We could never do anything that's going to jeopardize public safety in the city and the success that we have been witnessing. We'll see what happens. Mayor Adams, thanks for your time. As always, we appreciate it. Thank you. And the city council is also expected to override the mayor's veto on a measure banning solitary confinement in this city. The legislation would require jails to allow inmates out of their cells for at least 14 hours each day. There's a very important recall this morning involving some prescription drugs that might have been mixed up in some bottles. So let's tell you about that. The recall involves some ADHD and narcolepsy drugs from Azurity Pharmaceuticals. Now, some people needing those drugs have accidentally gotten an antihistamine medicine in the bottle. That drug could cause people to get sleepy instead of what they actually need. The company says it hasn't received any reports of anyone getting hurt because of the mistake. But again, some uh, recall involving those medications. And uh, right now, New Jersey Turnpike commissioners are trying once again to approve a new 3% toll hike. The average New Jersey Turnpike toll would increase 15 cents. The average Garden State Parkway toll would rise by 5 cents. Governor Murphy <laughs> vetoed a similar hike that commissioners voted on last year. Well, while mass transit officials have banked on adding some stores and restaurants yeah. to transportation hubs, we heard about that across the city to boost the revenue. That process has been slower than anticipated. There's this article by the city that highlights many retail corridors 
are kind of like ghost towns. Walking through the turnstile market at 59th Street, only a handful of shops are open on any given weekday. So the new Grand Central Madison Terminal has 25,000 square feet of retail space, mm. but is home to just a few carts that sell coffee and cupcakes. Yeah. Many plans sidelined due to the pandemic. Mm. All right, so here are the numbers. Only 60 of the 190 retail spaces in the subway system are currently filled. Now 17 have tenants with plans under review or construction, and the remaining 113 they say will be marketed over the next year. And unfortunately, it's just really not the bustling marketplace yeah. that everyone envisioned, We've all right? what well, we all yep. hoped for. But um, as ridership gets closer to pre-pandemic levels, MTA and city <laughs> officials are at least optimistic. MTA data uh, shows that weekday subway and commuter rail usage has climbed nearly 80% of pre-pandemic levels. Uh, several chains are now open in the redeveloped Penn Station concourse, with more set to open later this year. Same over at Moynihan Train. Hall. So have you tried to get in any of those just to kind of enjoy the experience? I've tried a lot into the Columbus Circle mm -hmm. one. And yeah. when it was first built, I truly enjoyed the experience. I was super excited about it. But it is not, it doesn't feel as comfortable to me N now. Not, not to today. Be in there. Not today. Why? I mean somebody Why do you think that is? who grew up here since a child. Um, I used to shop all the time. I used to, you know, go into all the little stores at Penn Station. Mm -hmm. yep. um, it was definitely a part of the experience. You all, you wanted to stop. You don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. But what, today. I mean, what, what I do you, think, why do you think? Oh, you know, well, that's, that's, the, what, that's the, the question, why, right? Why, why, right. Why Safety. So we're all making the wink, wink, nudge, nudge uh, to the whole thing about exactly how it yeah. feels to be on a train these days. Yeah. It feels to be there. You know, you just don't know. You've got to keep a, an eye around you all the time. You're just not quite sure if everything's cool. Can I just park myself yeah. here and enjoy my meal? Or am I safe? Is someone going to, you know, come up and yell at me? You're just not really sure. So that's, that's my personal want to just get to their destination too yeah. because they're just so yeah yeah i mean i can always it. use a cup of coffee so i'm certainly going to grab it that's around i gotta get the java <laughs> no doubt about that well we talked about the subway what about the ferry and the staten island ferry a sign yes. of maybe some normalcy following the pandemic we're still sort of getting back online snacks exactly we'll tell you what's back <laughs> speaking of coffee and, and we all love street, snacks right? um and americans are also feeling the love this year. We love love. The record amount of money that we are expecting to spend on love. Talking about Valentine's Day and what everyone's gonna be buying. What are you buying? Oh, we're excited about this. A big announcement from city officials this morning um, that's gonna impact Staten Island ferry riders. Mm -hmm. Concessions are coming back for the first time since the pandemic, but it's gonna take a lot of work before they're officially really back like back 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 in the um yeah so uh, janice um i think you're there uh and i yep. think you're live with the details but i went and looked at the menu and just to see what was available um there is there are a lot of snacks but there is like one adult beverage no beer and wine right Yeah, well, I think beer will be on the list. Oh, yeah, eventually. beer is. You're right. So you're it right. It depends on the the vendor. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can, if you want, you know, you can enjoy your beer, have your snacks during that 25 minute ride. Um, and this is obviously good news for people who rely on this ferry, maybe even tourists, because this is all a part of the experience. So the city actually announced today that the Economic Development Corporation will be taking proposals for vendors. So we are one step closer to being able to enjoy enjoy those things on the ferry. So the request for a proposal will be open until March 7th and the concessions 
are expected to be in place by fall of this year. That is if everything goes according to plan. So the vendor that is selected will sign for a period of 10 years and the EDC will have the option of extending that lease for two additional five year periods. So in total, it could be a 20 year uh, deal here. And uh, the news of food and drinks coming back isn't entirely a surprise because city officials did say they were committed to bringing the concessions back during a news conference last year. But this is the first actual step we are hearing about. And food and drinks have been available at the St. George and Whitehall terminals, but the boats themselves have not had vendors. So people haven't been able to enjoy those snacks and drinks since the COVID-19 pandemic. Bottom line is this, this, uh, this concession, we encourage everybody to step up and try to provide it. It's great, not just for the commuters, but we know millions of tourists, the ferry is still one of the popular, most popular tourist attractions in all of New York City, if not the country. Uh, so thank you, Commissioner. Thank the mayor for stepping forward and continuing making things better for the people of Staten Island. Appreciate it. Thank you. Well, I mean, I think it's an absolutely exciting a new step um, and for foodies like me. I mean, anytime you can get a snack and a drink <laughs> while you're enjoying the views and getting to where you're going, I am on board for that. So we will be following the story. So hopefully, hopefully this fall, everyone will be able to enjoy that. Back to you guys. I know, Janice, you're the sweetest thing, but I, even you could get hangry, right? Even you, <laughs> even you. <laughs> we all can. Yes, we can. Um, you know what makes us happy, though? Hmm. Let's, let's get into this hmm. love thing. Right. Americans are expected to spend a record 14.2 billion dollars on their significant wow. others and that's just for one for dozen Valentine's roses. Day. This is a lot of money people are spending. What are they spending it on? Well, according to new projections from the National Retail Federation, we're going to get into all of that. All right. So says the National Retail Federation. Um, <laughs> that the, I don't know. I mean, do they have a badge? Do they have a, a right. uniform? The trade group says while in years past, shoppers may have also purchased Valentine's Day uh, gifts for people like teachers, close friends, that this year, teachers and friends may not be getting as much because more money may be spent on that someone special. So here's how they expect uh, spending to break down. Candy, far away the top gift, followed by Ooh. cards and flowers. Now get this, you 22% of people who will throw out the cash for jewelry too, oh. but mostly candy, flowers, and a nice card, because Mike, to your point, sometimes flowers cost as much as what? jewelry these days. Like February 13th, <laughs> price it's like 40 bucks for roses. Wow. Right. And then February 14th, <laughs> It's like three hundred dollars for the roses. So anyway, true. I mean, it's just the way it is. It's so true. Love is expensive. Yeah. The survey suggests that consumers plan to spend about one hundred and eighty-five dollars each this year. That's eight dollars more than average. Oh. And the age group that plans to celebrate more than anyone? What? Well, people aged twenty-five to thirty-four. Oh, okay. Are we aged out of this, guys? I, I well, am. you know, my, my thought to that is that in your 20s Damn and it. early 30s, when you, you know, you may not have solidified your relationship yet, okay. that you have a lot to prove, right? You, yeah. you know, dating is, dating's hard, and sometimes you got to pony up with a nice gift around Valentine's. Yeah, it's yeah. true. What would it's you true. like to get? I mean, is it cards, flowers, candy? With, um, I mean, is there anything in particular, yeah. like a handmade card? Yeah, I, yeah. I love I love the idea uh, of a handmade card or like, you know, something that talks about our the year that we had. Mm. Show me this in photos. Write me like something beautiful. That's just to me. 
Like, I think that's more sentimental. Right. I'm writing, oh. taking notes I for love my wedding. I don't need jewelry. I don't yeah. need the clothing. I don't yeah. need any of that. You yeah. don't need to spend all of this. And for me, it's time. You know, yeah. it's just, you know, we're all busy. And particularly when you're trying to raise your family, sometimes mm -hmm. it's just nice to have time with your significant yeah. other where you can just. Perhaps a night out yeah. without the kids, well, get the sitter. Or, or just, you know, <laughs> it, it just sit around, you know, put the put the little fire thing on the TV. Sit around, have a yes, glass of champagne with that. See? We certainly need something to warm your heart. Yeah. Right. Brighten your spirits because the sun is nowhere to be found.